Your dad moves out. That's tough, but relatively speaking, I mean, really, my dad's been a, an excellent father to me. So much so that I just probably wanted more time, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he wanted more time too. But the world doesn't always work out the way you want it to. We got the time we got. He called me every week, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll say the one thing: the best thing my dad ever did is every time he talked to me, he told me he loved me. And mm-hmm. I had plenty of friends back then who's dads were more the quiet stoic dads you know who didn't say that as much and my dad made sure to to let me know that's something that stuck with me hi everyone this is ross your host of bear crawl with dads so true confession i'm completely leveraging this podcast for personal and selfish reasons you see not too long ago i became a dad for the very first time but with that an older dad so the one thing that i know so far is that this bear crawl as a dad is not meant to be done alone. We truly need each other. So may this podcast be that for you. So come along and let's bear crawl together. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bear Crawl with Dads. And as you know, this is a show for dads, about dads. Just encourage uh, all those listeners out there just on this important, important role. Um, I'm honored today to have uh, a guest, Josh from Ohio. And uh, Josh, welcome to Bear Crawl with Dads. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. It's going to be a good talk. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, we, uh, we're excited to have you on just to hear your stories and your thoughts. And, and as you know, kind of the, the, the genesis of this show is being that I'm a new older dad, I really wanted to leverage the podcast just to be able to talk to to dads out there and and just to take notes. So I'm going to be taking notes from our conversation tonight and just uh, kind of maybe those that have gone before me like yourself. And so maybe I can avoid some of the pitfalls of of being a dad. So Josh, tell the audience just who's Josh? Where are you? What do you do? Oh, man. So I'm 38 years old. And I have a nine-year-old and six-year-old daughter. Prior to having kids, I wanted boys. So did my (laughs) wife, primarily because I have a younger brother. She had a younger brother. And that's as close as we'd ever been to parenting, right? So that seemed like the easy route. And so I like to tell everybody that the Lord thinks my life is a sitcom. When he's (laughs) bored, he checks out my life. And laughs because it's a it's a crap show around here sometimes. But now everybody says, "Oh, you've got two girls. Have another one. You know, get a boy. Get a boy. I won't. I'll have a third girl and a fourth girl and a fifth girl, and it'll never end." And at this point, I'm probably more nervous to raise a boy than a girl because I've at least gotten comfortable trying to raise <laughs> girls. You know what I mean? Well, if you try but, again, uh, maybe maybe that's a six inch humor. You're going to actually get a boy. You never know. But uh, I work for Chase Bank as an analyst for my full-time job. And I also own a business where I treat lawns, weed control and fertilization, stuff like that. Okay. And I'm trying to, uh, in the process of starting a blog about dads, actually. I'm just trying to get some content written because I don't want to post it all up with two articles. You know, you need to right. post it up with a little bit more. So it takes a little bit to get going, but I'm excited about that. And uh, just see where it kind of leads me. I had a previous podcast that was more on just my interests and mm-hmm. uh, i'm trying to do something a little more meaningful so maybe we'll see a, a dad podcast down the road i'm awesome. one of those guys who thinks i have uh limitless time and then find out 
that I don't and I get overworked and tired and a little more stressed than I need to be probably. So okay. we'll <laughs> so see what happens or- with it all. <laughs> maybe yeah. a blog or a podcast about uh setting boundaries that would probably be a good one yeah it really would <laughs> so so never a dull moment in the josh household oh no no the the bailey family here is constantly moving <laughs> so not, not so. to put you on the spot but uh chase or weeds what's more stressful chase <laughs> chase because okay. when you run the show on your own business it's if i were to do it full time it would be more work but the stress is only the stress i put on myself which can be a lot but i feel like i got that figured out pretty well okay sometimes when you work for an employer you don't know what to expect it's a lot of moving parts i like my group i have a great manager and a great team i don't know i don't like to let people down so i probably put even more pressure on myself when i I work for for chase plus it takes up 40 hours of my time whereas my my business is limited to probably 10 to 15 a week. Okay. So, yeah. well, in a side, side note, uh, I do have a chase account. Um, so I don't know if I need to be sponsored by chase, but, uh, a, <laughs> yeah, I'll let them know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I've got you. a lot of pull. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay. I will Jane make sure Diamond. your name. So, uh, yeah. again, on another side note, but how did you get into the whole, the, the side hustle business with the, the weed lawn, I'm not as fortunate to live in warm weather as some of you people in the South do. So in the winter, I get legitimate seasonal depression and it's not quite like clinical depression if you've never had it, but like I'm an outdoors guy. And so what I found myself doing was uh, watching YouTubes to learn how to make my grass look better when the season finally warmed up. (laughs) <laughs> and that's kind of got me through. And then I just got really good at it. And next thing you know, like I'm watching these YouTube videos and I'm answering it before they even tell you what to do. And I thought, you know, maybe I could just do this and help other people. So I started off helping family and friends and then figured I should probably get licensed for it. If there's a couple of people wanted to pay me and I passed that test and I don't know, it just kind of grows organically from there. I'm not trying to replace my job, especially with, uh, the way health insurance is, but I love doing it. Like I, I, my work at Chase is kind of just routine and it doesn't affect anybody directly. Whereas I feel like I help people in the yard. So it's, it's fun. And I get to meet a lot of people from my community, which I love. Yeah. It's kind of growing wow. that way. That's really cool though. That's a great story. I mean, just as far yeah. as, I don't know, just uh, taking that self-interest DIY in it and then kind of launching it. And it sounds like obviously yeah. with Chase, between Chase and the lawn, here that you're networking you're connecting with people that's kind of sounds like what it's all about maybe too for you it's definitely that's awesome. that's awesome well good for you good for you and man i feel like i could talk more about that but if that's where it takes us <laughs> yeah. but again kind of honing back in to start off the conversation focusing on the world of dads tell the audience if you will just what your relationship was or is with your personal father if you don't mind sure my parents divorced when i was about three and a half my dad moved out and back then honestly it's still kind of tough i don't want to speak or generalize but like my mom got full custody and my dad got you know visitation on the every other weekend and like wednesdays and two weeks in the summer and but my dad was a police officer and worked you know some tough hours too my mom was a teacher my dad was a police officer both 
you know, in the service industry. And when you are a younger cop, you don't get the, the good shifts. So I probably didn't see him as much as I wanted to after they divorced. And that was hard on me when you're three and a half and, you know, your dad moves out. That's tough. But relatively speaking, I mean, really, my dad's been a, an excellent father to me so much so that I just probably wanted more time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he wanted more time too, but the world doesn't always work out the way you want it to. We got the time we got. He called me every week. Mm. And uh, I'll say the one thing, the best thing my dad ever did is every time he talked to me, he told me he loved me. And mm. I had plenty of friends back then whose dads were more the quiet stoic dads, you know, who didn't say that as much. And my dad sure made sure to, to let me know. That's something that stuck with me with my kids too well that's that's powerful you know and i'm sure he knows what he was going through to have to leave the house and with his work hours as being a cop and serving the community to be physically present with you when you did have those times with your father do you remember because i think sometimes too it's it's the quality and maybe you didn't get the quantity with your dad but what was there what would you do with when you were with him, were there some traditions where y'all go see a baseball game? Or My dad is the reason I'm a, a giant Cincinnati Reds fan. So that's fun. For the record, uh, you're my the dad, first that I've met. You, you're raising you know, the bar, my friend. I am. But uh, my dad was busy. And I think I've gotten that from him just constantly working. He is running businesses, side hustles, and everything he could to get ahead in life. And I tagged along for a lot of that sometimes. And okay. I think I just learned that. I will say I do things different as a dad than my dad did. I think almost any dad would do things different if they got to do it all over. Because once you've done it once, there's always things you can try to improve on. Nobody's perfect. I have to tell myself to slow it down, to take time away from the grind and make specific time for my children because I knew I needed that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did get to spend a lot of time with him doing that. I wish we probably could have played more now and then. Mm-hmm. I think every kid remembers life a little differently than probably the parent does because you know you're young and I wanted attention all the time. And he's trying to, when he has me on the weekends, live a normal life too. But we've always been a little different in some things. I say I think that's probably where a struggle we had is that my dad's always believed more along the lines of he has a set schedule and we kind of tag along with him. Whereas my mom was like, I'm going to put the boys in everything I can and I'll run around kingdom come to, to get them there in time. And my dad's it's more like on his schedule back then. Now as a grandparent, he's a complete sucker and <laughs> it's nothing <laughs> like that. So, um, like I said, you live and you live and learn, but, uh, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I tagged along with a lot of he did. I learned a ton, things I'm incredibly grateful for. My work ethic outside of school, at least, is definitely from him. And he's an easy guy to talk to. There was no question I couldn't ask of him. Like I said, the only thing we had was I just wish he would have been around more. And I know he did, too. Such is life. But yeah, Cincinnati Reds, I'd say, is the big thing. He also so got that- me into golf, okay. sports, a lot of sports and stuff. Yep. Was that y'all's way to connect? It was for me. I don't know about him. I'd have to ask him. I know for me, he took me to a baseball game. And to me, that was better than going to an amusement park. That was everything. I walked into that stadium the first time and I was like, this was meant for me. Like, this is my life, you know? 
which is hilarious because I have two kids now who have no interest in baseball. I try to throw on Field of Dreams or they will watch Sandlot with me and the <laughs> League of Their Own a little bit. But I'm like, you guys want to go to a baseball game? My youngest said, well, what do we do there? We watch them play baseball. She goes, no, not at all. I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> that sounds great. So, <laughs> One my, inning. My Give me one inning. One inning. Yeah. I mean, especially the Reds are terrible right now. I can get $10 tickets. Even if you left after one inning, you'd still be all right. So, yeah, baseball was a big thing. I I mean, nobody else took me to do that. So, I just remember, I think it was 95, 94, 95, when they had, uh, baseball had the strike and they were going to bring out minor league players to start the season or, you know, replacement players. And we had tickets to go to opening day. And then right before opening day, they settled their disagreement and pushed opening day back and I didn't get a go. And man, I was internally devastated. I didn't want my dad to know that because I don't want to, I didn't want him to be disappointed too, but um, cool enough this year, my best friend, me, my dad, and my father-in-law are all going to Red's opening day. So making up oh, this for year, it, you know, this year. Yep. March 30th. That's so cool. So. You know, making up for a little bit of misses there, but yeah. yeah. Does your dad know? Does he know that uh, how much baseball has made an impact on you because of him? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I should probably tell him. I think he probably has an inkling. Mm. But even though we only went to probably like five to ten games when I was younger, that's like at least one or two a year. Like it was a big, big deal to me because my family didn't get to go on vacations a whole lot. We did go to Texas with my dad when I was younger, which was cool. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we were down in Galveston Island in Houston. What? So, Come yeah, on, you're, was, you're in the promised land. <laughs> the promised land. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I should probably tell him now that you say that. I don't know I don't if know. he knows I credit that to him because mm-hmm. we talk about it. He knows I'm a diehard. We talked about the Reds. But I don't know if he knows he deserves that credit, which I guess I took that for granted that he should just know. But maybe he doesn't. You never know. I, I don't know. That would be fun because I, I don't know. I it, yeah, I was just listening to um, a sermon the other day, and, and the pastor was saying, like, when he went on a road trip with his son, they didn't talk much. When they got home, his wife was like, so how'd it go? He's like, it was great. He's like, what y'all talk about? Really nothing, you know, and, and, and the point was <laughs> yeah. just being together, just being in the quality time yeah. of his son, the father, you know, not a lot was said, but just the fact that they were together was huge, you know, and I guess maybe from a, from the moms was like, what? Got to talk about anything? He's like, not really, you know, but I mean, the, the fact that I guess my point is the fact that you baseball was just kind of that connection and for you with your dad, you know, and how powerful it was. That's awesome. So yeah. what and you kind of answered it maybe, but like, what is it that you, you learned from your dad or you've taken from him or was there anything that he said, a life lesson, the way he lived that made the biggest impact on you? I think there's two ways that you kind of learn from that. And one is the things your dad did that were great and the things that you wish you would have had you kind of learn from the mistakes and, and the good things. And my dad taught me a work ethic. Like I said, mm-hmm. he taught me it, it was okay to 
he was still a tough dad. Like he made me feel safe. He was a police officer, but he also mm-hmm. taught me that it was safe and okay to show emotion, mm. especially to one another. I remember him being very bummed out when I stopped kissing him and holding his hand. Like he's like, crap, my boy's growing up, you know? He kissed me on the forehead all the time. Like it was just a normal thing. And, you know, he like told that, me. Uh, I'm a freshman in high school. I mean, it's just. <laughs> right, Dad, this is college. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he told me one time he got a card in the mail from his dad, and his dad signed it either Love Dad or I Love You Dad. And he said that's the first time he heard or he saw his dad tell him that, mm. that he could remember. And I thought, that's just crazy. Wow. Like, I hear it every time I talk to him. And my mom would say it every time. And my kids hear it. I think I told my daughter just to get out of the room. I had to tell her I love you 10 times before I finally could close the door at bedtime, you know, (laughs) just to get down here in time. But she, uh, they know that. Like, it's never a question. I'll never question whether my dad loves me. He, He shows it and tells me all the time. And that's a blessing. But I would say that, how to show emotion. He also taught me, I hope to God I can do well when I'm, handling teenage daughters but he was really good at looking at life from my perspective when i was a teenager and not immediately just assuming i was wrong you know he tried to put himself in my perspective and what it was like when he was that age and he knew how he was a little stubborn and independent because god knows i was incredibly that way when i was a teenager he had rules but he had just a a good way of getting it across that didn't come out as I'm the dictator. This is how it is. Okay. Dig into that a little bit, but sure. like, like well, what's an example? Because I think that's unique it, 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 in my yeah. role of where I work, being the Dean of students and, and part of what I do is dealing with misbehavior and consequences yeah. and showing yeah. grace, but yeah, but here's the expectation. And so what, yeah. What did that look like? So when I was a kid with my parents being split and I think any kid who has parents that are divorced and they, they have a good relationship with both parents that they're typically going to want, if they have the opportunity to live with whichever one they want, they're going to go to wherever the path, you know, the path of least resistance. So whichever one is giving me more freedom is the one that I wanted to be with because I was just a stubborn, independent teen. Wait, and wait, I had you, moments. You got to choose when? How old? Uh, I moved to my dad's when I was 16 years old. So which, you, man, you, that crushed my mom. Yeah. But when you turned so, 16, was it, was it, uh, why 16 did you make the decision? Six, 16, mom, my mom wasn't as good at giving me freedom that I desperately needed my, my creativity, my independence needed to be a little more lenient. And I think if, you know, she would have showed me a little bit more of that, maybe I'd have been more patient. I don't know. Honestly, I was a pain in the ass. So probably not, but 16, I had a license in a car and my dad lived 25 minutes away. And uh, if I wanted to leave, I'd pack it up and and go and i knew my mom wasn't gonna tell me no she wasn't gonna ever take me from my dad okay so there wasn't there wasn't like a legal like when you turn 16 josh you get to decide was it more no when you got your license by default since you could drive that was kind of 
the spark. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. And I think I used my frustration with my mom as an excuse to go live with my dad when really I just wanted to know what it was like living with my dad. And I didn't want to tell my mom that because I didn't want to crush her that I picked my dad over her because there was still animosity there. It was an, an ugly divorce. You know, by the time my mom passed away a few years ago, they had gotten over it and they were great together with my daughters. But back then it was still, you know, 12 years after it happened, it wasn't clean a whole lot. There was still mm. frustration mm. and I didn't want to crush mom. And I really didn't want to feel guilty about it. So I found a way to blame it on the fact that we couldn't get along when really I just wanted to live with my dad and know what that was like. Right. Um, Which makes sense. And it does. I mean, being a dad now being 38, you look back and say, that's completely reasonable. I was too insecure as a kid, I suppose. And you don't know well enough. You learn. So when I got there, I still had this desire for independence. And my dad said, here's the deal. Um, what he think he was good at was laying out the rules clear as day. And he didn't change him. Like he said, Hey, he did give me some leniency, but my mom had a tendency of now, by the way, my mom, greatest woman in the world. I don't want to talk bad about it. This is just more the focus on dads and we have problems with all our parents, but she liked to give me a chore list in the summer. Cause she was a teacher. So I was at, she was at home with me all day mm -hmm. and, but she wouldn't write it down. She would tell me things she needed. I do all the things and then I go to go out the door and she goes, Oh no, I got more stuff for you. There was never like a, a yep. clean cutoff. And that drove me nuts because my brain <laughs> didn't work well with that. I wanted the list. I was yep. going to work my butt off to get it done by noon. And I'm hitting up the pool sandlot style with my friends, you know, and my dad was different. He's like, okay, here's what I need you to do. And then I would do it. And he goes, okay, well, we didn't get as much done as I wanted. So tomorrow this is going to be on your list, but you're free to go now. Um, it was very clear and understanding. My curfew was my curfew. Every minute that I was late meant a half an hour early on my curfew the next weekend. So if I showed if my curfew was 11 o'clock and I showed up at 1101 next week, my curfew is 1030. Well, I didn't want that. Oh, I am taking notes. This is genius. It really it really is. One of my favorite stories about my dad is that I kept telling him when I'd be a little late, I'd call him on my prepaid cell phone and I would tell him, Dad, I'm stuck at the train <laughs> i can't I, I don't know what to do and he goes let me hear the horn yep and i'm like it's not honking like i can't make the train honk the horn that happened twice i got home the third time he said hey we got to run an errand he put me in the car he drove me downtown and was very quick to show me the underpass of the railroad so that i would never have to use that as an excuse again and i'll tell you i was never late again i was like well that's just done uh yeah he ended that that's awesome but i think the other thing is is he didn't really get mad at me much and not like he wasn't a yeller really right like there was like one instance i can even remember but i do remember there wasn't a lot of wiggle room on his punishments I just knew well enough One, I didn't want to disappoint him, but two, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be punished. So he was cool about that. He knew that I was uh, a bit girl crazy and so was he. So he let me visit my girlfriend during the weekdays. 
and on the weekend not every day but it wasn't one of those situations where it had to be on the weekend he tried to look at life from my perspective and i think that made me feel like he valued me as an adult and i think he picked and chose his battles on what he was gonna allow there were other things he put his foot down i i dated a girl who was into drugs and i thought i could save her which i learned mm. a hard lesson there and he said you know my dad was a dare officer i don't know if you have the dare program or know the dare program for those who don't it stands for um drug abuse resistance education that's where the uh my dad was a deputy sheriff it's also police officers you know law enforcement go into the schools around mm -hmm. uh, fifth to eighth grade and they teach you about drugs and peer pressure and all that Mm -hmm. uh, the last thing my dad's career would have handled was me getting busted because I was around some girl who was doing drugs. And then that hits the local paper. And, and just the fact that he didn't want my life ruined by being a part of that more than anything. He told me, no, I couldn't date her. And uh, typical me told him I'm moving back to mom's. Once again, the path of least resistance. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I think that was a fair decision on his part because I know I would be the exact same way now. There's just certain things you can't risk, and drugs will really put a hurt in on your life for a long term. Term. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I totally understood it later. You know, I was just wondering, like later in life, with adult conversations with your dad. You know, maybe it's a later question, but just what are your conversations like now that you're a dad, especially when your dad was on the front lines serving the community and the things that he saw that he yeah. wanted to protect you from, you know, it maybe speaks, I, speaks volumes about your dad. If he really was showing you empathy, treating you, it sounds like he really saw you, heard you. He tried to at least. Yeah. And, and he didn't treat you like a little eight-year-old, but yep. also I would think that would be a hard line to walk with the things that potentially he was exposed to on the job. Yeah, I think that's definitely what it is. I mean, he went to the dare program purely so he could get away from that life. And he loves teaching kids. I mean, I think seeing me risk that after I'd gotten so far and was doing well, it just not under his watch. And I, you know, I don't blame him. I think we both would take back how we reacted to that situation. I think sure. it really hurt him when I moved. He said some some harsh things, and so did I. I think every relationship goes through that at some point, if you're close with, with somebody at least. But uh, you live and learn, and by the time I grew up, you know, by the time I'm midway through college, I was like, dang, where would my life be if I would have screwed that up? You know what I mean? Like, you sit mm -hmm. back, you're like, Mm -hmm. I hate, I don't even want, I didn't even want to talk to him about it. Cause I didn't want to give him that big of a win and be like, <laughs> damn, you were right, old man, you know, but well, sure enough, he, you were right. Oh yeah. He knows <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting there probably chuckling. He knows yep. damn well that I was wrong on that one. So <laughs> I think that's kind of how he was as a teenager. I learned that uh, as I, as he, how he was when I was a teenager and that was insightful for me. And it's kind of taught me how to treat a lot of people in life not just my kids but you know that that little bit of respect that i was just trying to get and to be validated mm -hmm. you know is worth a lot well it, it sounds like me well you, in my career 
your dad by saying uh, how much he loves you every time y'all talk. You're getting that validation and how important that is for a child, a, a boy or a son, a daughter to hear. Yeah, absolutely. From their parents, how much they're loved. So kind of a transition, but obviously your father, fathering a boy, you're now yep. a father, fathering girls. Yeah, I had a brother Maybe. too. So he so, had two boys. So two boys. So yeah. I'm like, how do you, being that I have a, a two-year-old son and I have a 13-year-old stepdaughter, but fathering two boys and you're fathering two girls, the differences of a boy versus a girl but how is now, if we focus on you, Josh, a dad, what has that been like to father two girls coming from a house of a brother? You know, all yeah, of yeah, honestly, uh, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me personally. My emotional intelligence, I think, comes from my mother. She was incredibly uh, patient. I mean, she was exceptionally good with kids and she taught me empathy and i've always been a very empathetic person but it's entirely different when i had two girls not that i wouldn't have been that way with boys i don't know but how i thought i would handle my spunkier sassier not really sassier but just she's got a lot of energy my six-year-old how i thought i would handle her that way i learned quickly didn't work out well she didn't like being picked on even though that was my way of making her laugh it wasn't like mean picking it was just you know if i said something about like you don't have any boyfriends or anything she would get offended and not want to talk about it right so mm-hmm. i had to learn that i don't know if that's gender necessarily or if that's just personal attributes um, mm-hmm. and how her personality is but i feel like i'm a gentler person maybe I'll tell you this much, and, and I don't want to go too political, but it has definitely changed my perspective on politics because before I saw everything from a guy's point of view mm-hmm. and kind of understood it from a, a woman's or tried to at least. But once you have kids and you realize you want equal treatment for them, I, I really like that really changed me. I remember seeing a Super Bowl commercial where they said, we asked these boys to throw a ball like a girl and they all did and it was awful and goofy like you would suspect and then they asked all these girls to throw like a girl and they were putting max effort in because they were so proud to be girls and they could throw hard and i thought i never realized that is probably not loved by little girls around the world so it's little things like that that have really made big impacts in my life and you don't always see it that way until you're forced into a situation where you feel more uh, attached to it i guess Mm -hmm. so that's been one thing i also have two female dogs and uh, my mother-in-law and my mother helped babysit Uh, my mother-in-law still does in the summers but when the girls were younger so there were a lot of women in my house <laughs> at one point. I was like, I don't know where we're going with it from the daughters to the female dogs connection, but uh. yeah, it's like the whole family, <laughs> everyone but me was female. And people used to laugh, like, how did I, of all people, because the way they know me, end up in this situation? And most of them will tell you because I deserved it, right? But a little payback. Uh, and and but audience, it, once again, uh, Josh is bald. So just oh, uh, I am, yeah. Draw, draw your conclusions on the uh house full of uh of women 
listen, you don't know real pain until you have two daughters who regularly make fun of your, your balding. They told me one day, my oldest, I said, Hey, Addie, you think I should get like real buff and get some big muscles on my arms and my chest and legs? And she goes, I wish you'd get real buff and get some muscles on your hair. And I was like, not cool. Not cool at all. And she makes, she's so clever. It's little comments. And I'm like, it's not needed. She used to play I spy and she'd say, I spy something gray. And I say, is it my beard? And at three years old, she'd crack up. Yep. It was your beard, Dad. Thanks, dude. Love you for that. <laughs> you know, they keep you honest. Don't get an ego with two little girls. Probably don't get an ego with two little boys either. I, but I, I love them already. I uh, <laughs> they yeah. they are awesome, man. I'm telling you, well, they're uh, they're cutthroat. That's awesome. We're working at a school that a day goes by where somebody to this day I'm I'm in my fourth year at the school where somebody doesn't make a reference about my bald head every day, man. Every it's day. like. Everything. It's their favorite thing. And I, I, love thing, it, I made fun of my dad so much. We used to have my brother. He was an ornery kid at three years old, bought my dad this thing called a bald man's grooming kit. And what it is, is it's just a box. And inside of it is a plastic comb in the shape of a U. And on each side of it are combs, but nothing yeah. in the middle so yeah. that you can comb the sides of your head. <laughs> and they would pass that back and forth as Christmas, birthday, whatever gifts because my dad kept wanting to give it back my brother thought it was hilarious but you know that's just a small part and i used to pick on my dad all the time about being bald i know he loves it now i know that he loves every bit of me getting destroyed by my children and i deserve it so you just you just accept it absolutely man payback payback that's so great other than being you know bald is beautiful but as far as with your house full of ladies but having two daughters and what you said about now seeing the world a little bit different through the lens since you have two girls. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's powerful and such great, you know, insight yeah. and being that protector. Would you say though, like, and I don't know if it would change necessarily if you had boys, but well, I guess as far as like your greatest challenge as a dad, does that maybe tie into the fact that you now do have these two girls and not to stereotype society but you know I'm, I'm assuming maybe with your girls i would have raised them to be independent strong confident young ladies but what would you say has been your greatest challenge you know as a dad to this point that's such a hard question because i felt like i didn't know anything i was doing when i started out like every parent thinks it's definitely a, a challenge but feel like i don't know i I have some pride i feel like i've I've risen to that to that level of of trying to understand them at least i know i'm not perfect there are things they go to their mom for rightfully so over me but it's definitely it is definitely hard because there's just some things as guys we're not going to understand what it's like to be female it's just just like they're not going to understand what it's like to be male i don't know if i've crossed all those barriers yet and neither of my daughters have hit puberty i think the hardest challenge for me maybe i don't there's mood swings but that's probably from my genes if i'm being honest with you i don't know if it's any different from girls or boys i just think every parent goes to bed at night and some days you're like it was a pretty good day and a lot of days you're like man i should have been better there i should have been more patient um i try hard to parent 
I, here's my one bit of advice. Um, and I don't know if we're going to get to that, but we could talk about it more. But I work very hard to not discipline out of anger because I don't think it helps. I don't think that discipline your kid when you're angry does anything but to scare them. And I'm trying to teach, not scare. I'm trying to raise my girls to understand why I'm doing things. A lot of times when they don't like my answer, I ask them, and even my six-year-old, if you were a parent, you're a mom, and you had kids, how would you handle this? It's almost always probably the way you did, Dad. You know, it's that standard response. But I think just trying to not screw it up in general, I stress about being a good parent a lot in a healthy way, not in like an unhealthy way. But I think about it a lot, and I just want to make sure that I'm making the right decisions. I don't know if there's any one thing. It's just I think parents should consider it their number one priority in life and their number one you know job mm-hmm. and that comes with a lot of responsibility and weight and just trying to get it right trying to be someone they can talk to i've struggled with that a little bit even though i'm very open and understanding and empathetic and i have to go to them more and talk to them to get them to open up whereas just they naturally relate to to mom and i would say at least one maybe if not both or or daddy's girls but it's just a different thing you know because they assume mom can relate and i get that there are things i went to my dad for all the time over my mom she just didn't didn't get it but trying to bridge that gap and be someone that they can rely on and talk to about anything is a top priority for me so that's that's probably the hardest outside of that we all have the problems of um, diaper changing and right and all the all the basic stuff but you just you figure it out you always figure it out and next thing you know you're around kids and it's completely normal because you've been around them yourself whereas before that maybe you're a little more cautious but mm. yeah well, well, yeah. well thanks for sharing that and two things that kind of i guess popped out from what you were saying there is number one um as far as for you at least is to be intentional to go to them to create that bridge of trust to i would think to lay that foundation down the road especially when they get to the you know the awkward stages of middle school yeah. that i'm here to listen and 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 just a, a place of trust and come talk to dad about anything you know you know so that, that maybe that's one thing that's kind of sticking out to me and then yep. two is just sounds like you are trying to be even more self aware of being empathetic when it comes to disciplining or correcting to not, like you said, not come from a place of anger. So, you know, that's to be incredibly self-aware to, cause you know, we're telling our kids at school all the time, you know, take a break, take a deep breath, walk off, you yeah. know, cool your engines, come back, try not to react, but how much we as adults don't do that. And oh yeah, 100%. tonight, you know, my son's like <laughs> squirting all the, <laughs> bubble bath yeah. you know off to the side of the it's not even yeah. hitting the tub and it's going all over the floor so my first reaction is like hey what are you doing you know well yeah. i don't know I just i've got a thing and i'm squeezing it this is awesome you know and for me to be like i like in the moment i was like huh it's okay it's uh, hey let's, let's it's get in the water tub. yeah 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 but it's just catching myself um yeah absolutely and you, you, i think you learn that as as you the longer you do it I still make plenty of mistakes. There's plenty of times I respond and should have thought about what I was saying before I said it. But 
I think I think you can take that in life though, right? Like there's a book, can't remember the author's name, but it's it's something along the lines of like how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. And the whole it's a great book for anyone who's going into leadership or mm-hmm. just wants to fit in a little bit better. Um but basically it says like especially it's it's I think it's in more directed. I got the feeling it's more directed towards salespeople. Uh, but not entirely. It was very applicable other ways. And I think it's that when have you actually molded someone to making a decision that you needed them to make by, you know, demanding it and belittling them? Like they might do it because they have to, but they're going to resent you for it. And then when they get the opportunity, they're going to go back to how they did it before. And the way I view parenting is that my job is first and foremost to be your parent and not your friend. But I do want to be a friend in some manner that you feel safe around me, right? And I think that my goal as a parent is to make sure I raise a human that is kind, understanding, treats other people well, works hard, and just generally tries to make morally decent decisions and at the end of the day i don't know how me being like disciplining out of anger gets me to any of that sometimes maybe you need to put the fear of god into a kid they say i don't know it doesn't seem it never worked with me as a teenager as a kid so maybe that's why i'm a little more that way i think my kids respond better by me saying something along the lines of you know I love all the artwork you do. You're you are really creative and an incredible artist, but it might be better if we try putting it on this mat so then you don't have to clean up the paint that you got on on our kitchen table after you're done and it'll it'll be better that way. And just by starting it off by like complimenting them and not jumping down their throats, like especially my youngest, she'll just change the way she does it. And mm-hmm. I learned that from books like that. I learned that from my own parents. I don't know. I think sometimes life gets stressful and we just get a little short tempered. Sure. And I just try to say, uh, sometimes I'll tell them, I'll say, I need you to go to your room for five minutes, take a break. I'm going to take a breath and then we're going to figure out uh, what we're going to do here. There's going to be some level of punishment for this because that's entirely unacceptable how you treated so-and-so. But we're going to take a breath before we go any further with it. And they calm down. I calm down and they're much more responsive. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a big thing in, in my house, at least for me. Yeah, that's huge. Cause I know like, you know, with our school and our students, that that's a big part components, take a break, you know, just like, you're not just, yeah, just go take a break. We, you know, if you're, when I coach basketball, if it, if it, players not really getting it or losing it just hey sit on the bench just recollect yourself and then get back in the game and and we need that and so i think that's very self-aware just be like i need to take a little time out and then we'll come back and revisit it you know and when we have uh, cooler heads prevail it's it works wonders for marriage too i mean it's not just kids it's just like the number of times like i'm a point prover man and i used to be much more than i am now but you know something's right and you can't handle it. But sometimes you just take five minutes to step outside or go to another room. And by the time you're done, you're like, I do not give a crap about this anymore. I do not have the energy to raise my blood pressure again. 
with everybody in life, you could do that. So totally, totally. Yeah. Well, I find too, because I know, you know, this is, I guess, how to read your kids. Cause you have two girls. I'm assuming they're different and, Very. you know, and so for me, my mom and dad back in the days when this is appropriate, but when I got spanked once or twice, but if I got spanked or my coach would yell at me and get in my face, it didn't phase me. It actually got me more. Um, I would want to dig in my heels <laughs> more. Yeah. And I'm like, really? That's yeah. all you got on the spanking. I think you can do better. You know, that was kind of my attitude. And I've said yeah. this on a couple of shows in the past, but once my mom and dad, all they needed to say to me was, we are disappointed, disappointed. in you. And yeah, gosh, man. it would wreck me. I would, I was done. I was like, oh, you can speak me all you, all you want. But as soon as you say you've really disappointed us, I would break. So I'm curious yep. to you, like with, with your kids, do you see that? Like how I work with her I, I need to handle her different and be able to read your. Yeah, for sure. My nine-year-old would respond like you and I would to the the disappointed, almost in tears. She would be really upset that uh, all I have to say is, you know, you're someone who's a, a great leader and someone who is kind to people. I just don't understand what happened there. I'm really disappointed in you. I don't know how that happened. And I've only had to use that a couple of times. My youngest one would say, okay. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Okay. She goes, Wait a <laughs> well, you're disappointed. I understand, but that kid shouldn't have touched me. <laughs> and I'll say, God bless it. We're screwed. <laughs> we're we're yeah. so screwed. Uh, daddy, needs to take back, a, daddy needs to take a break. <laughs> her first day back to daycare. We took my youngest back to daycare a little early. Cause it was right. Uh, like 2020, you know, it's probably, I think it was 2020 months after the pandemic started, but I wanted to get her, maybe it was 21. I wanted to get her in before school for at least, you know, like the late spring summer. So she could start getting acclimated to being around a group of kids again. Right. And first day she comes back and she's always so excited. I love that about her. She has this great energy. I said, Hey, how was your first day, man? And she's like, Oh yeah. Punched a kid. Shit. I was like, are you kidding me? You punched a kid on day one. Why? We sh tried to shove me down the stairs. Well, why did he try to shove you down the stairs? Well, he was being rude to a teacher and I told him that wasn't going to work for me and he needed to change his attitude. <laughs> and I thought, Jesus, I'm so proud and so not proud right Preach. now. Like it's, yes. it's, it's like, that's so fair, but shit, you yes. can't punch somebody. You're going to get kicked out. Like, you got to tone it down, dude. And she's oh like, well, he deserved it. Yeah. If you channel yeah. that, she is going to rule the world, man. That's I'm awesome. telling you, man. She is just a, she is a, an amazing young woman. She, oh, this gosh. little girl is just, I got a fire in her. So. I, yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, my former school, I think I'd only been there for a couple of months and the basketball team was taking their team pictures and one boy really meek, real quiet, just never spoke really that much. A really yep. just gentle kid. Well, during the photo shoot, another boy kept on depancing him and, you know, just being just screwing around, yep. whatever. And so the boy just yep. warned him one time, got depanced again. Said, if you do it again, got the pants the third time and the boy just went pop, 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 popped them right in the face like three or four times. Yeah. 
you know, and so that's my, that was my dad's way of parent clean. The, tell them once so they don't listen, clean their clock. If you get in trouble, have them call me, not your mom. I mean, that was old school dad's way of, well, I may get in trouble for this, you know, whoever listens to this, but I remember the boy that got hit. I was walking out of the parking lot because my mom and dad had come down to Houston to see me, see my new school, my office, blah, blah, blah. We're going out, you know, it's a Friday. We're going to go have some dinner. We're walking across the parking lot. Here comes this boy and the mom. And they're just like, my son just got punched in the face. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and then once I kind of found out, I was like, well, look, I said, you know, you got, you backed a a snake in the corner and you got bit, you know? And so, so the boy that got punched, I mean, yes, I did have to make, he was like, okay, I gave him a consequence, but in the boy that, that hit, you know, I, I called the dad. I was like, look, off the record, uh, I'm incredibly proud of your son. Like, I would, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. I, I would want my son to do the same thing. But since it happened on our campus and other people saw it, I've got to set a precedent. And so his consequences were a lot less severe, you know. But, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and I told yeah. the kid the other day, I said, you just need, if you know the, if you know the consequences and you're okay with that, and you've done all the right steps, you told a person, you told a teacher, and something's still not happening, and you take the matters into your own hand, and you're okay with the consequences, just take it and deal with it. And I would be okay with that. That was always my take as a kid. My mom, I know, you know, I never had a detention or anything in my entire school because I was incredibly good at not getting busted. It wasn't because I was well-behaved all the time. But... I found that just in elementary school, this is terrible. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but kid messes with you, you punch him one time. The rest of the kids tend to not mess with you a whole lot because they know that you're just crazy enough to actually throw a punch. And then all of a sudden it's, "Eh, I'm not going to push the limits with him. You know, and I, Mm -hmm. I had one kid, he was messing with my brother and bullying my brother. And I saw it when I got on the bus. I came flying straight over the top of the seat, and I was wailing on this kid. And uh, I should have got probably suspended for that, but the bus driver was nice and knew my mom. And so the other kid kind of had it coming, but those were different times. You know, it was not that would not fly today. But I don't know. That's another thing. That's what really stresses me out. You want to talk about what keeps me up at night is bullying. And not knowing my kids being bullied and they're going through something. That's why I'm trying to open up those lines of communication so much because you hear of tragedy from kids who are being bullied all the time and just the violence sometimes in school. That terrifies me as I get older. And that's not an easy situation to just prevent, you know. So that's why I'm working hard trying to, to open up those lines. And that's why, like you said before, I go to my kids and I reach out to them and I talk to them. I think it's easier for a parent to go to a kid than a kid to go to a parent sometimes on stuff like that. So yeah, I reach out and I have those conversations. Well, we'll buy the reaching out. And, and as they get older, do you do anything intentional with the girls, uh, any traditions, any rituals, if you will, to foster that? We're doing it a little different this year, but last year I saved some money back and I took each of the girls on a three to five day trip with just me, the two of us, right? So my oldest daughter and I went to St. Louis. And then my youngest daughter and I went to Indianapolis, had a great time. And it gave a lot of one-on-one time. There was driving that was a must. We got to talk, we got to chat. 
we jammed a kid's bop and I was, you know, it was all a hundred percent time invested in them without distractions. And if you can afford to do it, do it. I mm. tell everybody that because your kids will remember it. They loved every bit of it. My oldest daughter even loved touring a baseball stadium. I said, well, there's a couple of things I want to do. I know there's things you want to do. So let's take a look at this list. And we pick things out and, um, you know, because I want her to understand my passions, too. And I don't know. That was a really good thing. We do what we call two minutes before bed, which is like after they brush their teeth and everything, we do bedtime. And it started out that we had these songs. We would always sing them in the same pattern, every, the same song after the same song every night. And then it moved into, you know, reading books. And now it's moved into watching like reels or whatever. Also a tip for the parents whose kids like the TikToks. I go through the throughout the day when I watch a, a video or something like that, I like it if I know my kids can watch it. And then at the end of the day, I go back and only show them my liked videos. So I know they don't see anything inappropriate. And that has helped. But we do little things like that. But somehow I'm telling you, our two minutes has turned into 35 minutes like we end up laying in the bed just chatting and talking every night for probably 10 15 minutes and by the time i'm done putting them to to bed i gotta get a shower and go to bed myself because i wake up at five every morning so you know that's something i'd say what a gift yeah right now i'm fostering uh trying to foster a love of reading to both of them so my oldest daughter and I have been trying to take time every day to read Harry Potter. She's gotten through the first book and we're working on the second one. I'm a diehard Harry Potter fan. So that's been fun because she really loves that. And You know, the other thing is what I have found that has made my relationship better with my girls is not trying to get them to do things that I love. Like I tried to get them to play softball. They really weren't into it. But just finding what they love and just go do it. Like you've had a chance to do all the stuff you love. Just suck it up and go do somersaults in the yard because they want to do gymnastics. Do stupid cartwheels so they can laugh at you. Go have dance parties. Go to take them to see, you know, Trolls the movie when it came out. We went and saw that. Are these things that I wanted to do that would have fun? No, I'd rather go throw the baseball. But they don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And what they're going to remember is when I did the things that they wanted to do, and they're only going to be young for so long. So just throw that crap away. Don't try to mold their likes, try to mold their, the way they treat other people. I really think that's the route to go, but you know, that's my take in my opinion, and not everybody has to believe in that. So, you know, well, Josh, I think that's awesome. And, and just, I love it, man. And, and uh, seeing who they are, seeing their interest, meeting them where they are. Um, yeah. And every, Show them that um, you're invested in them. Yeah. And that you love what they love. That gives them confidence. You touched on this briefly, but uh, I would say um, a lot of my guests have said, you know, and friends that have, you know, older kids, all my peers have you know, older kids that are in high school and stuff like that. But they said, Ross, yeah. it's amazing how time flies. And if there's one thing that I could do, it would be to go back. I wish I had some time to go back. I wish I didn't. Again, I know it sounds cheesy, but they've, they've said it. I, uh, I wish I would have sacrificed the weekend of hunting 
maybe to yes. spend that more time with my child. And you just said it, you alluded to it. I had my time to go do all that stuff. And I mean, I think mm-hmm. it is important to see where your kids that um, you do have interest. And my dad used to run marathons. Cool. And so I knew that I wanted the healthy part of me. That was my way to connect with my dad. So I naturally yep. enjoy exercise, but I knew that was something that he enjoyed. That was his thing. He never forced it on me. Sure. If he did, I would have gone the other way, being my little independent yep. streak. But yeah, I think it's important maybe in this early stage of being a father. Yeah, I do like to do this and go mountain biking and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I want to cultivate what your interests are. And yeah, we're going to throw things out at you and see what sticks. And okay, yep. so like I really enjoy doing this, but you don't like it. That's okay too. You know, now I'll forgive you for referencing Kid Bop earlier, but I'm you not going to put that in. I'm not going to put that in the show notes, Josh. Um, but but you know, it's here's the music that I like. But yeah. you may not like that, and that's okay. I'll put on my earbuds as we're on a road trip. Oh, I, man, the other day I, I showed my kids the music I listened to in high school, which went from Eminem to Marilyn Manson, and my youngest daughter heard "Beautiful People" and laughed so hard she goes, "This is not music." Because <laughs> what is this? Uh, and if you kind of if, if you and if you look at my year-end review on uh, Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, God, it's all kids, bot bro. It's so it's so ridiculous. I can't even share it on social media. Yeah, because it's like it's not a it's not <laughs> indicative of me. It's indicative of my children. So. Well, actually, you know what? I may reference that on my show notes, and so that way people will judge you and yeah, that's uh, judge fine. a man by the music that he listens to. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, I get what yeah. I get. <laughs> that's all right. You're already getting it because you're bald. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think you know you are laying down such. Uh, you'll never. You'll maybe you won't. I don't know. But the seeds that you're playing. Uh, with your daughters because also too you're setting the example i think of what it is uh, how they should be treated from a man's perspective as a father because maybe you know young ladies are looking to their dads if they have an active dad in their life if they don't they're looking maybe for a father figure but they're like kind of looking to you do i have value am i the apple of your eye are you treating me such a way so when they do go out there god forbid and they start dating well I've got my dad and he's been this standard for me. And so I'm not exactly for less, you know, that is such a, a crucial point to branch off on is that, and we talked about like doing stuff that they like. I do things that I like to like just today. I went to the movies with my brother and we go once a month on $5 Tuesdays and see a movie. And I talked to my girls, like you got to take time for yourself. You got to, take care of your own mental health and, and do things that are fun. And lead. I try to lead by example that way, but it also goes to setting the bar to, uh, to who they're going to find in their life from a romantic partner to a friend, like set the bar to a certain level of someone who has values and uh, sticks to those values and don't settle for less. Like everything you do, they watch and they, they learn from, and even if they don't know it, one day they're going to emulate a lot of it. And I think that's such a, a, an important piece to the puzzle there is just be who you want them to be. You know, they always say, be the parent that you needed, 
maybe not the parent you had or a little bit of both, but be the parent you needed, but also be the parent that you want your kids to be. Mm-hmm. And that way you try to set a good example and, and maybe they'll, they'll reach for that. I had, I had a guy, a good example of this. I went to college and I got my master's while I was working full time right before my first daughter was born, I, I graduated. And I met a guy in there. This is a pretty cool story. He was at retirement age, almost 50s, 60s, somewhere in there. But he had done very well for himself in life. He uh, was a police officer, then became the head of security for Columbus City Schools. He then did private contract work in which uh, he was invited to the White House to discuss things with the Secretary of, the Ed- of Education, along with some other people on the panel. He drove a really nice, expensive car, had a nice house. And the year before I met him, he had just got his bachelor's degree. And they asked him, what's one thing that people don't know about you yet that you can share with the class? He said, well, I think I'm going to retire soon. And we're all like, dude, you're getting your master's. Why are you retiring now? Mm -hmm. Right. And he said, oh, maybe you guys have misunderstood. I'm not getting my master's for me. I'm getting my master's to set the bar higher for my children because they will want to outdo anything that I've done. And I want them to be educated. This dude invested probably $60,000 or more just to raise the bar for his children, not because he needed to. And that blows my mind. And it's one of the best stories I've ever heard. And I thought, talk about a guy who is committed to raising his kids to the best of their potential. That he was, that's a big investment outside of liking to learn didn't really pay off financially, you know? So, well, and he, and he, and he's looking kind of cross generational, like down the, down, yeah. down the line, the legacy that he's hopefully leaving. Yeah. You know, but I think that's true too, though, because my mom got her master's and somehow I knew I was going to go back and get mine. My wife has her doctorate, my brother in law has a doctorate in pharmacy. He's a pharmacist. My wife's a physical therapist. They all, I'm like the Wallowitz of the family. If you know the big bang reference, I'm just the, the master's guy on <laughs> the rest. My, my brother-in-law's boyfriend's a lawyer. It's just, uh, but that's a high bar for my kids to reach. Right? Like yeah, that's intimidating to enter, enter your, isn't family. it? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's intimidating for me to be part of it. But uh, we've got a lawyer, a pharmacist. My wife's a physical therapist. Both my father-in-law and my mother-in-law have teaching degrees. My mom had her master's in teaching. My dad, who did exceptionally well for himself, he ended up owning a a business that did well, and a couple of them, and was a police officer. Didn't go to school, but had a lot of extra education and was a teacher at the academy and in the schools. And it's, it's a lot of high bars to set, but I think that's a good thing, right? Like something to achieve. I don't know that you want to put it on so much pressure that they become completely like anxiety to the max, but it does give goals and it sets goals. And I think that gentleman that I met doing that was just, to me, that was incredible. He could have easily retired and been done. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's back to your main point. Lead by example. I think if you lead by example, one of the best things you can do as a parent and be the parent that you you want your kids to become. You well, keep that in you mind, know, you'll be all right. And they're looking, they're watching, you know, and I think even the students that I teach, you know, at our school, it's like they see how you treat other people and how you react and 
You know, I think that's one thing that my parents did such an incredible job was how they treated people selflessly. And it really, in my eyes, you know, I, it didn't matter socioeconomic, ethnicity. Dad would just was quick to give you the biggest hug and and asking questions and wanting, you know, my dad's arm could be falling off. And you're like, well, Tom, how's your arm? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? You know, and yeah. there's some would have been like, you got to be self-aware, dude. Come on, acknowledge it. But your arm's <laughs> off. But that you know? clearly uh, wore off on you too. I mean, just the nature of your podcast, you, you center it so much around your guests and you've been incredibly nice. I, you know, I'm meeting you for the first time. And I mean, you clearly, you picked up on those things, right? So that's just proof in the pudding. Well, yeah, I mean, because well, thank you, and and I hope so, because I, I want to be curious and I want to know people, and 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 like I said with this podcast, it's just leveraging to get to know people's stories, and like I said, we just met, but man, you know, it's been awesome just getting to know yeah, you. You're doing a great stories. job, man. Well, no, you're kind, but 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 truly, Dad, you know, Dad was the uh, the head of the Chamber of Commerce in New Orleans for almost 20 years, and and wow. so much of that came with getting to know people's stories and just listening yeah. and hearing them and. Again, that's another thing. It's like, hopefully my values, but um, I really don't want to see skin color in the sense of we're a socioeconomic. Uh, everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody, yeah, is, has a story. And, and, and also, too, a message to those that are listening that may not come from the best family situations or dad that are, dads are feeling like I've really screwed it up, you know, to say, start fresh today. It, you know, whatever that is, it's not too late, you know. 100%. Um, you know, for dads who feel like I've blown it or, or something, because um, I want to encourage them too. You know, but yeah, you don't realize how much your kids need it if they've never gotten it. And even like my dad got that card in his forties, man, and it would made his day. You just, it's never too late. It's never well, too I just late. heard. I just, yeah, it, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah, that's so great. And so I guess you maybe alluded to it, but what would you say? And not only speaking from you, your perspective, Josh, but whether it's your brother or friends, but what would you say is the biggest challenge facing dads today? So I think we're seeing a change in the mentality of fatherhood, which it's kind of a little more of a movement, maybe, which I really loved. Traditionally, going back to our grandparents and even some of our parents, mom was the nurturer, dad was the provider. And some people are going in blind because they never had anybody to emulate. And I think that would be incredibly difficult for a lot of dads when they're not entirely sure how to be vulnerable, how to be emotional with their kids, how to be empathetic and a good listener, because maybe that wasn't the role of their dad. Maybe mm -hmm. it was. It sounds like your dad was a great dad. My dad was a great listener. But I think that's part of it. I think I really want to see a change in that. I want to see dads who are involved, dads who are on, you know, the day to day. But I think other than that, I would say it's probably not a lot different than the challenges from moms. Really, it should be a 50-50 relationship with the kids and, and parenting as much as it can be. And I think parenting in general is just it's hard. It's one of the hardest, if not the hardest thing you'll do. You always second guess yourself. And we are working through times where, I mean, this the technological advancements. It seems like the world changes all the time. Our parents didn't have to worry about social media and online bullying as much, maybe towards my teen years, but it was just different. School violence is different. 
my kids just had a a day where they were running around playing uh active shooter which i was like shit how do we get to this point right like one way or whatever your feelings are it's devastating that our kids are recreating these active shooter drills at home to keep them safe i think that's a struggle mental health as much as anything i i would really like to see men become more open to discussing mental health from every facet of it because that would mean that they're going to be more open to it with their children and mental health problems does not mean that they clinically need to be hospitalized it could just be something as simple as anxiety and learning how to manage it but i'm not a fan of the mentality we just need to toughen up and get over it there are some times in life you just got to push through life is hard it's not fair but i think we can also be understanding that we need to learn how to handle it better because just shoving it away probably doesn't help. So I think anyway, parents can open those conversations with mental health to reduce, you know, child suicide rates and stuff like that is a challenge we're facing now. And I think one for any parent and outside of that, just, I struggle with how much do I allow my kids to see online? What do I allow them? I monitor everything and I put, restraints on everything and they're set to like their age group appropriate stuff and things filter through still that scares me it's just a plethora of different things i don't know if there's any one thing but for dads specifically i would say we need to become more educated and more open to talking about mental health and becoming more of that active nurturer to our children because they need to see that they need to see the strong, tough guy, they need to see his soft side more than they we probably realize. Thank you for that. And you alluded earlier when we first opened up the show about you writing, wanting to write a blog or writing blogs. Yeah. Where is yeah. that coming from? And is that is that coming from kind of what you just talked about? What's your angle? I think that's some of it. I think some of it stems from my childhood and how uh, I probably wish my dad was more active in the day-to-day. I didn't get to see him as much. He was a little bit of a, a hard shell at times, you know, like he wanted me to to work in high school and maybe consider not playing sports, which I couldn't fathom telling my kids that now. But he can't he had eleven siblings. His life growing up was way different than mine. Mm-hmm. And uh he had to to make his own way in a lot of ways. And so I understand that. I think it's just connecting a lot like what you're doing, connecting with people in a community where you can build up maybe not a brotherhood but just a a community of guys who really want to be great dads and there are some of those things out there already there's facebook groups and there's websites and and blogs but just to see feedback reach people talk to people maybe even meet people one day and kind of build each other up i think that sometimes we're kind of quiet and we just we tough it out and just do it and i just want to see more guys being able to have each other's backs and and make it cool to be the incredibly invested parent like mm. not not the guy who's a hundred percent focused on his business or his job i have a hard time sometimes with people who i haven't seen him in a while and i'm like hey man how's it going how's your family oh it's going good my business is so busy and they tell me all about their business i'm super pumped for you i'm super proud for you but how's your fatherhood going? How's your parenting going? How, how's life on the important scale, not just the, the monetary, which not to say their business isn't important, 
but right. I don't know. I'd like to see that change in the world a little bit. And and there's moms that need to change that way too, one hundred percent. I don't know. I think it's like you, the stories, the connection, hoping to put the world in a little bit better place. I guess that's always every. At least that's my goal. I think a lot of people want to leave an impact on the world, and I don't know. I love well, maybe it's one parent. maybe it's one blog at a time or one conversation at a time, and you know, and, yeah. In the Genesis too, again, it's just uh, by talking to you and the other guests, it's just to to say we're not alone. We need each other. We need to be able to share and be vulnerable. And uh, man, I'm really struggling. I need just some guys to walk through or or whatever, yeah. you know? Because um, like you said, we're we're going to make mistakes and we're going to maybe lay our head down at night and be like, ah, oh, I should have done that. I should have done that. And, and that's okay. But it's about showing up, you know, and just being present. Yes. And um, so Absolutely. you're such a gift. You're such a gift to your two daughters and to your wife. You too, brother. Absolutely. Blessed and lucky they are. So I'm going to, I want to finish with a last quote, serious question, I guess, but and then I have some other fun questions to ask you since you're from Ohio. But what would you tell your dad now, now that you're a dad? I would say uh, he'll listen to this and we probably will have a conversation about it. But I would say I wish there wasn't so much emphasis put on the divorce and the point proving And this. I would say this to my mother, too. But whereas you might think that we had a life and we're just going on and we were fine, we definitely needed to see you every day. And that I, I think I struggled with that more than I acknowledged when I was young, but that I think sometimes he thought maybe they have their own life. He got married and raised two stepdaughters of four stepdaughters. And I don't know. There were times where that was hard. And I just think he needs to know that he was loved and we needed him more than he realized. And I'm an incredibly, incredibly blessed and thankful that he has been so awesome to me since becoming a dad he's been an excellent a plus uh grandparent he has been my biggest supporter since my mom died um and i'm very lucky that that relate our relationship has gotten so close i just uh to let him know it's okay too though that life is hard right like life is the people who see life in black and white are just out of touch it's so gray and it's so difficult. And I know he was trying to accomplish things and get things done. And that if there's any guilt he feels, Dad, you know, I don't hold any animosity. That uh, life is hard and you were doing your best. And I love you for that. It's just uh, yeah. we're all just trying to do our best. And sometimes we look back and say, maybe we should have done something different. But sure, I would have loved for the man to move next door, to be honest with you. <laughs> and and uh, raise maybe me next like, door. But we nope. He's like, no way in hell. And I understand that too now. But as a kid, you don't get that. I think that's right. the number one thing that uh, people of divorced parents, I'm going to touch on this before I go, but parents who are raising kids and they're divorced and you're having these arguments with your wife or your husband, the kids don't get it. Like, and the kids don't give a shit. They don't care. Maybe very blunt. They don't give a shit about who was right and wrong in that divorce. Hmm. What they want is to have their mom and to have their dad. And they don't need to hear about the divorce. They don't need to talk about it. Uh, to this day, I would never want to know who was really wrong in my parents' divorce. I don't care. I remember a time that there was a time where my grandmother and my mom were you know, kind of hitting on my dad a little bit, which was rare. But I finally said to my mom, you know, how would you feel if I talked bad about your dad? 
my mom never once again said a bad thing about my dad in that way to me. We had moments where she would listen to me and talk to me and ask me, you know, calm and calm, calmly and kindly about my feelings, but she never bashed my dad. And it was rare. Anyway, my grandmother's another story. That's for a whole nother therapy podcast. But your kids don't care, but your kids care is how you treat them. And if you're using your kids to hurt your spouse, then you failed. That's a failure. Be better. Be better on that because your kids only have one life. So do you. And they're going to be raised before you know it. Just like you said, every single person says, I can't believe how fast it goes. And if you haven't learned that from everybody in your life, who said, man, I just, last time I saw you, you were so little or gosh, you're growing up so fast. I mean, everyone on earth is telling you that that's reality. It goes by quick. So be better, be better in that. That's good. Yeah. Hey, what about you? I'm curious not to turn the, the tables here, Sure. but what's life like being an older parent, a new older parent? Do you have any major struggles or is that for a whole nother show? That's a whole, no, I, Josh, this is such a young man's game. This fathering business. You know what it is. I'm not going to lie to you. It, I got a, my best friend has a two year old and, uh, he's like, bro, I think you had it easier. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that. It's a young <laughs> we, man's game. Oh my goodness! Like it is, I was like, just yeah, it, it, it is. It. I was telling my wife the other night. I, like every time I open up the door and I, I go into his room, I'm like, I still can't believe he's here. Like, yeah, are you kidding me? Like, gosh, you're real. Like you get the you're fun to mess with. You know, Meredith and I co we co parent so well together and tag team and. It really is. Uh, we're in this together, and which is such a blessing. Oh, yeah. A testimony awesome. to her. She's awesome. I think, too, uh, there's a group of buddies of mine before. My son's name is Ford. Before Ford was born, and they were like, it didn't really click for me. And I'm not sure if this is with you. It didn't really, like, when they were an, an infant and they weren't talking and they were just kind of sitting there and not really reacting to you, I think I loved them. But where yeah. it became real was when they actually started talking or like i started interacting then yeah. they were like oh my gosh like this is real you know i, t- so that's, I say that's the same you, thing somewhat yeah yeah that's that, that's what they said that, like that's what it really hit them was maybe about a year year and a half yeah uh, but no it's you're looking under the hood to see what this little person is what the, what's their personality like and Okay, yeah. I think he's a little headstrong. Oh my gosh, yeah. you know, and, and I got to practice yeah. what I preach like at school. And I'm like, dude, you got to, like you said, I got to take a break. I need to like just chill yeah. and, and, and not react or, or, or whatever. And, but anyway, no, it's been, uh, it's been incredible. It's been, a, well, it sounds like you guys are doing awesome and you should be proud. I don't know. You seem like great people. I know um, we've only talked for a little bit here, but I have enjoyed the conversation thoroughly so josh me too man and and hope let's continue the conversation and stay in touch and before i cut you loose bingles or browns oh it's bengals all day you know though what's terrible is that my mom's side of the family bengals Mm -hmm. fans my dad's browns i'm a bengals fan my brother's a browns fan (laughs) i love that it got heated back in the day when we were both Terrible. I don't know that we've ever both been good at the same time, but yeah. And my I, in-laws I and my wife are Guardians fans and we're Reds fans. So I'll be well, damned be if my kids aren't Reds fans. Yeah, that's going to be my next question is Guardians or... Uh... It's Reds all the way. And if I swear, if they try to change my kids on that, I'm getting a restraining order. 
There's I, some I, things that's you just don't settle on, you know? <laughs> well, down <laughs> here, yeah, I may, you know, but we just don't cheer for A&M or UT. We just Fair don't enough. Do that, right? So it's just, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So University of Ohio fan or no? So you mean Ohio State? Ohio State is what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I mean, there's University of Ohio down here too. Yeah. Um, there's Ohio University actually, the Bobcats. But the no, Bobcats so my green. yeah, so my yeah. wife and I met at uh, the University of Toledo, and what's funny about that is that we're both Toledo Rocket graduates, and my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and my mother are all Bowling Green Falcon graduates, and they're bitter rivals. So. We have tensions there too. I don't know why none of us can just agree on sports, but uh, it gets a little, a little hot. It is a lot of fun, but I uh, grew up a Buckeye fan, an Ohio state fan. So I'd say they're like my number two team, but in reality, Toledo plays, even though they're both division one, Toledo plays in one level and Ohio state is just in the top tier. It's not the same, you know? So it's okay to root for both. In my okay. opinion. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm well, a Buckeye then, fan, but not a Buckeye. And so, two last trivia questions we're going to see with Ohio. So, the Cleveland Guardians have a AAA minor league affiliate in Columbus. Yeah. With what nickname? A term for a speedy merchant sailing vessel. It's also the nickname of a pro NBA franchise in LA. Yeah, that's the Columbus Clippers. There you go. And uh, if you're ever in town, find them on I'm a Dog Night. And uh, <laughs> if my brother's listening to this, we get heated. He says he completed the 10 hot dog challenge. I say he got to nine. I'm, dude, he could have got to 20, and I'd have said he got to nine. There's no way I was giving it. him the credit. No. So <laughs> there's a thing with we you get a kick okay. out of that. Yeah, there's a thing. Yeah, with it's, I'm it. a competitive guy with, with yeah. my family for sure. I love it. You know? Right, is. <laughs> this is a little bit of a music. You, mi- you mentioned music, so this is a music trivia. We're going to end it on this. Yeah. So the city of Warren, Ohio, crafted a massive set of popular tree drumsticks, 900 pounds, to honor a native son who served as the drummer of two famous rock bands who was born in 1969. Do you know who he is? Tommy Lee. Is Tommy He's Lee not from, even Ohio? from Ohio, probably. Probably not. I have no idea. I'm trying to think of a drummer that was on two different bands. Well, d- well, he, he served as a drummer for the, for these two bands, also as a well, to be fair, as a singer and a guitarist. You want me to give you a hint? One Is of the it, bands uh, was one of them. Foo Fighters. There you go. Dave Grohl. There you go. Uh, hey, that ain't bad for me to be honest. I had no idea he was from Warren, Ohio, though. How Is awesome that close to you? Uh, I think that's up uh, northwest near Toledo area, if I remember right. I think. Okay. God, if go. it's not, Craig, cut that out. Don't make me look like a dumbass. <laughs> He'd awesome. leave it in for sure anyways, man. He would make me look stupid. Oh, I know. We're leaving that in 100%. <laughs> but awesome. a fun fact about me, I'm from uh, Wapakoneta, Ohio, which is the birthplace of Neil Armstrong. So well, it's you know. funny when I was I was doing a little Ohio uh, trivia right before our show, and I saw his name pop up. Yep. So there you yep. go. I didn't appreciate him back in the day, but as you get older, you're like when you grow up with it, and it's in your face all the time. Like we have a moon festival every year in Wapak. Like it's just regular life. But then as you get older, you're like this dude did like one of the greatest things 
in the history of mankind. You should really be more into it. So I have been as an adult. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Josh, it has been, uh, it really has been an honor. Uh, thank you for being willing to, to jump on the show and you know, prayers. That's something that you shared um, will resonate with somebody out there listening. And so that's what it's all about. Also too, you're doing great things and continue loving those girls and, and your wife and, and supporting them and to being amazing women that I know they're destined to be. So um, I hope our conversation continues um, yeah. after this, but, but thank you. Thank you again. Really appreciate the, our time. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, brother. I really had a good time and I appreciate you having me on. And sounds like you guys got great things going on too. So I hope it keeps going well for you. Keep molding the kids at school and the, the kids at home. Absolutely. Well. well, thank you, Josh. I really appreciate it. Take care. We hope you enjoy this latest episode of Bear Crawl with Dads. From a brother, C.S. Lewis, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending.